Hello, church and ministry leaders. Welcome to the podcast that takes the perplexity out of being a church leader. This week, we're answering the question, with in-person worship opening up again, should churches continue to embrace a digital ministry? I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carrie the Holton. Yeah, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So, hon, today we're talking about a church's online presence, right? That's right. That's right. We are answering the question, should churches embrace a digital ministry? And maybe the better question to answer would be, do churches have to embrace digital ministry? I mean, will it be necessary in the days to come? And I think the answer to the question probably seems obvious, right? Yes. But I hope our listeners will listen to the end anyway, because we may say some things that may surprise them, or at least we'll explain why we're giving the answer that we are. Right, and that maybe we should start that way and tell our listeners why we're addressing this subject. I mean, what brought it on? Good. Well, first of all, I do think, and don't you agree, that there is a deep desire to turn back the clock to February 2020 before COVID disrupted so many churches. The whole world. Right. A year ago, many churches didn't have a digital ministry. Some did, but most probably did not. And perhaps they didn't even stream their worship services online. But we relied heavily on the church's digital ministry as the pandemic raged, didn't we? So, some church leaders are wondering if they need to continue their digital ministry once the church doors reopen. Yes, and actually our podcast this week really ties in with last week's podcast where we only started to answer the question, what should church leaders do if church members don't return to in-person worship services once the pandemic comes to an end if that day ever comes. (laughs) And this podcast is sort of a continuation of that last one. right? Because, you know, in the last 12 months, the pandemic has certainly changed the way we do everything, including church. A lot of Christians have been, well, they've been worshiping in their PJs Mm -hmm. as they stream worship into their living rooms, Mm -hmm. at least for 12 months. And some church leaders are worried that they won't come back to the in-person gathering, worship gatherings. And if they are hesitant, to return, what should church leaders do? I mean, those are big, legit questions. Right, they are. And in our last podcast, we offered some suggestions about mm-hmm. what church leaders can do. I think that's episode number 70. In case our listeners were not able to hear that one, they might go back and check right. out number mm-hmm. 70. Actually, honey, we want to circle back to a few things that we said in that last podcast before we move on to today's topic. That podcast, we found, generated a lot of interest, and we're glad for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we want to revisit a few things that we said and maybe elaborate a bit, right? Yes. For example, we said that one thing church leaders can do is to make sure that they have something for church members that's worth coming back to, that they, um, you know, they really ought to make their worship services absolutely as good and as helpful as they can be. In other words, give them a reason to ditch the sweatpants and come back, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Although you can come back in sweatpants. So. Well, sure you can. That's yeah, right. yeah. We're not, we're not focused on dress, no, are we, not in, at all. in worship? Anyway, some people push back on that recommendation that we made, you know, that make, yes. make the worship as good as it can be. They, they push back on that recommendation by claiming that worship should not be a performance that the church should not be in the business of trying to entertain people. Right. 
Well, you know, we don't believe churches are in the entertainment business. But our response to that would be that making a worship service as good as it can be and making sure that there is something in those assemblies that helps people is not the same as entertaining them. Right. And I th- and I think that word perform is the loaded term that's got some emotional um, images that go with that. It, it And I think it's often had a negative connotation in the context of worship. And, you know, in fact, the word perform can just mean uh, a couple of different things. One definition of perform is to act or to entertain. That's the negative connotation when it's used in connection with worship. No one of us wants our worship leaders and preachers to act or to aim to entertain or search for the spotlight. That's not their purpose. But another definition of perform is to carry out or to accomplish. And boy, do we want our worship leaders to perform in that sense of the word. There you go. We want them to carry out or accomplish their responsibilities. We want them to do that well, too. We want those who lead us in worship or who preach the word or who go before the Lord's throne for the church in prayer to do their very best. So if we aren't interested in quality, Baby, we better get that way. We should be, shouldn't we? We sure should. And seriously, God deserves our best, doesn't he? Amen. So doing the best job that we can do in our song leading and preaching and in our prayers, that's not performance. That's not being a performer in the sense of entertaining. No, I agree. Maybe when people criticize performance in the context of worship, what they are really talking about is motivation. Oh, that's a good point. I wonder if that's the truth. I mean, what is the motivation of those who lead us in worship? And you can tell oftentimes those whose motivation is a little sideways. Well, we might ask, are they trying to shine the spotlight on themselves, as you mentioned? Right. Or are they trying to shine the spotlight on our Lord? There you go. Are they trying to help worshipers to worship from the heart? Maybe when people deride performance in worship, Maybe that's what they really have in mind, leading from the wrong motivation. And I, I appreciate that if that's what they're thinking. And what we're trying to say was that we should not expect people to only come to worship gatherings out of an obligation. Uh, we're trying to say we don't want people coming back just out of a sense of duty. You know, they have a right to expect to get something out of the worship assembly that'll help them be a stronger Christian. And we know that uh, unbelievers certainly feel that way. Is is there anything else you want to say about last week's episode before we launch into some new content? Well, as a matter of fact, there is. Why did I even ask that? <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, there is more I want to say about last week's episode, and, and I think it will overlap the new material that we want to address in this episode. Okay. I closed our last podcast by saying that in the last 12 months, we have learned that people don't need to come to a church building to worship with God's people. Do you remember that? Yes, I checked our life insurance after you said that. Oh, my. I do remember that. You said that the pandemic showed us that we can worship from our homes digitally and that technology has just changed our methods and that this may have something to do with the new normal that we've been talking about. You listened well, didn't you? You're welcome. (laughs) Well, okay. I have a question for you now. I take notes on everything you say. Oh, I know you do. (laughs) Well, I've got a question for you. Okay. 
We do respect what God's word commands in Hebrews chapter 10, 25. That's where the inspired writer says that Christians should not neglect to meet together, or as some translations say, we should not forsake the assembly. So here's my question. Were we forsaking the assembly in the last 12 months when, out of necessity, we worshiped in our homes? You want to care to answer that question? Well, weren't we worshiping with Christians when we watched and participated in those online worship services? I think so. I mean, we weren't in person, and we certainly weren't face-to-face, but we were online, and weren't we worshiping with God's people online? I I think in some cases, most of us were worshiping face-to-face with others in, in our homes. There were some folks doing that. But now a related question, if we kind of keep building on that, will a Christian be forsaking the assembly if he or she continues to worship with others online? Now that's the question right there. I mean, once the doors reopen, if there are Christians who don't come back and continue to worship online, will they be forsaking the assembly? Well, our point that we were trying to make last week was that the pandemic and technology have altered our definition of the right place for worship. Right. The place. No longer is the place for worship with God's people only the church building. And that's the point that we want people to think about. A new place has opened up. It's the online place. It it might be called the church's online campus. I like that. I think it's um it's kind of like one of those satellite places. There may be multiple places, multi-sites. The online is now another site, Good, I think. Mm-hmm. So church leaders, I believe, should be really slow to condemn those who don't quickly return to in-person worship um, if they're worshiping online. I think that's correct. That's how I'm looking at it. What do you think? I, I agree. I think we should be slow to condemn those who worship online. I, I think that is something church leaders ought to think about before they judge as sinners those who are not so quick to return once the church doors are open. I agree. Well, for Pete's sake, we're already 15 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even started to address the question, should churches embrace a digital ministry? And maybe we had better get with the program. Okay. I think we better move to some new content here. Okay. Okay. Well, the answer to our question is yes. Churches definitely should continue to stream their worship services online even after they return to in-person worship services. Yes, they should continue their digital ministry. You knew that answer was coming, didn't you? Mm -hmm. In fact, I think our recommendation would be that they should improve and even increase their digital ministry, their digital reach. Well, we have said it might be considered another campus, so why would we want to close the doors on a campus? There you go. Like that. And we've said before, it will be obvious to our listeners, but this is the reality of the world we are living in today. We are online. The internet is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Churches should make the most of their digital ministry. You know, um, think about it. There are great opportunities for the Lord's Church with this new mission field. Right. You know, I was reading an article recently. Let me tell you about it. Okay. It was an article about the changes that are happening at Best Buy. Hmm. Uh, The article indicated that sales at Best Buy were up 23% in the third quarter of 2020. That makes sense. So here we are in the middle of a global pandemic, 
and Best Buy is experiencing a 23% increase in sales. But at the same time that they were seeing this increase, the article indicated that they were cutting jobs and reducing hours. So how does that happen? How does it happen that sales go up, but jobs are being cut? Interesting. Yeah. Well, early in the pandemic, Best Buy had to close all its stores, just like most churches. But you could still buy things online and use curbside pickup. But by last summer, Best Buy stores had reopened. And unlike churches, by that point, there were very few limitations for customers who wanted to go to the store and shop rather than shopping online. But even with that option of going to the store and shopping there, online sales at Best Buy tripled after their stores reopened. You're kidding. Right. Tripled? Tripled. And I want you to listen to what this Best Buy spokesman said about this. He said, as we've said before, customer shopping behavior will be permanently changed in a way that is even more digital. Our workforce will need to evolve to meet the evolving needs of customers while providing more flexible opportunities for our people. Now, it's true that churches are not in the electronics business, but still we fully expect that the way in which people interact with our churches will be permanently changed in a way that they will be even more digital going forward. So if I can poke the bear a minute, are you saying that the church needs to mimic the business world? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in some ways, I think we do need to mimic the business world, but obviously in other ways we should not. I mean, we're not selling electronics, but we are trying to spread the gospel of Jesus, and we are wanting to fulfill the Great Commission. And we are called to do that in today's world, not the world of the 1980s or the 1950s. Really, do we want to go back to the 1980s and the 1950s? I, I mean, don't think so, no. Well, just the hairstyles alone. I've never had such big hair as I had. As <laughs> I mean, that's an absolute no. But, I, you know, the, seriously, the people we're trying to reach today are engaging life in both the physical and digital world. That's just the reality of our world, whether we like it or not, whether we're comfortable with it or not. And it should both humble us and really excite us that we get to engage our mi- in the mission field today in both the physical and digital world. Can you imagine what the Apostle Paul would be using as far as digital tools to spread the gospel if he were here today? I mean, I can see Paul stand, or Peter standing out in the boat just twittering all over the place. I mean, right. Peter would have been all over it. He, no doubt about yeah. it. They would have used any means that they could find at their disposal Absolutely. to spread the gospel. Absolutely. Right. And I, I just really want to go back again. It's humbling and it's exciting that we are in this gap place. We are in a transition and we get to be the generation that can make a big difference for the next generation with digital with digital connections with people spiritually. Yes. Okay, you've talked about the importance of having a foot in both worlds, physical and digital. Now let me ask you this question. Do you think this means that people will not come back to physical in-person gatherings? No, I don't I don't think that at all, do you? No, I don't. I, I think many will continue to gather in church buildings and in people's homes. Uh, there's a part of us that just we're craving to be with other people. I mean, 
I almost have hugged grocery store people. It's been kind of inappropriate getting out a little bit more. We need that interaction with other people. So no, I don't think physical gatherings are going to go away. I think we should add here, though, that there are some things that online worship cannot replicate. Singing would be one of those. Have you ever tried to sing on Zoom? Well, when it's, you and I sing in our in our living room to online worship, I mean, we do our works, best. But, that, but if uh, we're all trying to sing together. It's, it's not quite the same as having 200 people sing with you either. No, it's not. And being, you know, it's just not the same as being face-to-face with people. And some of these experiences that we're talking about can only be shared in person. That's right. Good point. Well, here's something that church leaders might want to consider. Uh, on the other hand, I, I, I don't. I don't, you know, you talk about singing and having interaction with people and that there are some things that cannot be replicated online. But uh, I don't know that churches can compete with the online teaching option that is now available. Well, now you know you what went, I'm saying? Now you've gone and done it. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think it's just too easy today to find great biblical content online without having to get in the car and drive across town to consume that content in a church building. We, we might find that fewer and fewer people will show up in a church building for content and for teaching when they can get world-class teaching online. Well, and with that said, we th- however, we will drive across town to engage with people that we know and love. I mean, we're going to go to great lengths to be with friends. Well, yeah, we, we'll drive across town to be with friends, but we might not do that for the teaching. That's true. Yeah, okay. And by the way, this is off topic, um, but I think, again, this should tell us that churches need to help people move from just showing up to a service, to worship services, to actually connecting with others in small groups. That's how we find our friends. And when that friendship develops, we're going to be more inclined then to connect in physical gatherings. And I would even add to connect spiritually with friends. That's a good point, babe. Let me ask you another question. Do you think that's the only reason people will prefer an in-person physical gathering so they can be with their friends? Oh, no. That may be how it starts for some people. But I think there will always be a desire to be part of an experience that we can't get online. And again, there are some things we just cannot get out of an online worship service. That's just another reason why churches should try to make their weekend services the absolute very best they can be. People will need to feel like they're missing something if they don't return to in-person worship. What we're suggesting is that that churches continue to really develop their in-person gatherings and their digital gatherings. Going forward, churches that have both, I believe they're going to really thrive and be healthy. Yes. And most importantly touch many, many people for Christ. Good. And may I say just one more thing about a church's digital presence? No. (laughs) You know, recently we talked about the need for churches to prune their ministries in order to allow for the growth of potential ministries. And I believe some ministries need to be pruned to allow for an expansion of the kind of digital ministry that we're talking about. Churches may need to free up financial resources so that they can hire the people who know how to improve the church's digital outreach. That's true. And because that ministry will be very important in the future, it's a ministry that deserves adequate resources. And let me say one more thing uh, before we close. 
Uh, this is a tool that we really should use. And we've said this before, but uh, let me get on, on a soapbox here for just a minute and okay. say and agree with you. The Apostle Paul would have been quick to use All over it. these digital resources. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question. Do you know what happened in 1440? Uh, you were born. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Let me add that out. 1440. A what? big event occurred in 1440. The printing press was invented. Thank you, Gutenberg breath. <laughs> now, can you imagine church leaders in 1440 saying, hmm, I wonder if we should print Bibles on the printing press. I don't know. That's kind of new technology. Maybe maybe we should just stick with what we're comfortable with, what we know something about. Would God be okay with us putting it in a printing press? Yeah, maybe maybe we should be slow to adapt to this new change. Let's I mean, have a committee meeting. Okay. Three years. Um, look at what the printing press did for the masses. It put the Bible in the hands of the masses of people. It changed everything. Which is what? A digital ministry does it just yes. multiplies a church's outreach so wow that's a good parallel oh thank you very much <laughs> so we would be foolish to not use this wonderful tool is mm-hmm. what i'm what i'm saying let's increase our digital ministry let's provide the resources that we need to use that tool that god has given to us right and maybe we can talk about in, in the future hiring someone to work in that area uh, finding volunteers that know what they're doing uh, to fulfill this kind of ministry. Maybe we can talk about that in a future podcast yeah. because I think this may be one of the new um, ministry um, staff members that we are going so. to really have to put on, yes. on with us. But for now, let's just affirm that churches should embrace a robust digital ministry. And with that, I'm guessing we've given our listeners plenty to think about for one week. And we want you, our listeners, to think about these things with us. Um, we're all in a new place figuring things out, and we want you to feel free to reach out to us and tell us what you think. Again, your feedback is always welcome. We got some good feedback this week. So anyway, please plan to join us next time for another episode of the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we believe serving as a church or ministry leader should not be so perplexing. All leaders deserve access to practical support. And anyone can become a more informed, more confident, and a more effective leader. 